0: What are some things you do to keep yourself motivated?
1: Well, what do you want to do? What excites you? That's your North Star. Out of what you did today, what pushed you towards your North Star and what didn't? Long story short, when I'm feeling unmotivated, it's an audit of what I'm doing throughout the day and reminding myself, hey, this is where you want to be. Mm -hmm. This is what excites you. This is what lights you up. Is what you're doing taking you there or are you moving just to move?
0: Welcome back to the show, guys. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. We're back on the Digital Social Hour. Got with me a great guest for you guys today. 150 million views on YouTube, inspiring millions of people. Thanks for coming on today, Eddie. Hey, Sean.
1: Thanks for having me, man.
0: Yeah. So I found your channel and I was watching the videos and that's the type of content I used to watch when I was just starting my journey and it really got me in the right mindset. So I love what you're doing for people, man.
1: I appreciate it, dude. That's what it's all about. Yeah. It's it's always the reason that I create, the reason I do what I do is because I feel like so much of the time, it's a little mind mindset shift, a little hmm. perspective shift away from just recreating that momentum. And so Absolutely. To hear that, yeah, it's awesome.
0: So what was your mindset shift before you started doing this? Like, what was that moment like?
1: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I like to, uh, to point to uh, Greg McKeown's book, a Lot of Essentialism. And so there was, was a chapter of my life where it was exploratory and I knew I wasn't happy. And I know a lot of people find themselves in that place, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm. So it was a process of elimination and cutting out the things that I didn't enjoy doing, um, you know, and just trying the, you know, the the creative road. I was mm. taking uh, the video camera out. I was playing guitar, playing shows in Boston, producing other musicians. I was creative writing, uh, doing all kinds of stuff until I found that that sort of intersection of yes, I love this, and yes, it adds value to people around me, and it's like all in baby Right? there's your your business model there's your passion all in one place go
0: yeah i think once you find that it's it's so easy to work because it doesn't even feel like work yeah exactly but it does take a while for some people took me a good amount of time too because i think at first you got to stack some bread and it might not be the happiest thing that you're doing Mm. but i think once you can get there then you can kind of find it easier right
1: well that's yeah and i'm sure you felt that same way it's like Yes, getting to that place is where it's exciting, and you can wake up and crush and feel good about it, and there's passion and purpose, Uh, but there's that sort of valley of despair before that, right? Mm -hmm. It's like when you jump off and you leave the stable thing, uh, to find that thing, there's a lot of discomfort, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, hurt ego involved, you know, and it's like, can you push through that? I I like to tell the story of uh, being in Boston with, uh, you know, a couple of my friends who were very successful, and... Just meeting new people, you know, especially we're young, young single guys out there, right? right. And the, the question is always, "What do you do?" And I found it. No one talks about this. Like I, hmm. I really found this the most challenging part was, you know, it's like I work for a senator, I work for Goldman Sachs. I'm like, I have a YouTube channel idea, right? It's just not like a, it was hard for me to right. do that. Especially back then, right? Yeah, <laughs> and so you know, it was just buckling up and being like trust yourself, trust your vision, trust what you're doing here. And, Mm. uh, yeah, I think people need to understand that.
0: Nice. So you you mentioned earlier, you were cutting negative things out of your life when you were depressed or whatever. What were some of those big things that you had to cut out? Yeah, I would say
1: generally it was the idea. Um, and it's funny looking back now, it seems so obvious. Like I'm just not, not proud of being there, but finding that switch is one of the most important things I've ever done. Like, Following directions, following orders, never thinking about how I want to live life. It was always like, "What am I supposed to do?" Well, mm. you got to get good grades, so you go to a good college, so you can get a good corporate job, so you can climb the ladder and get promoted. And like it, it took me to my mid twenties to look around and say, "Like, what do you want?" Mm. You know, because this is not it, and you can't be driving to work every day hoping you get a flat tire. That's not life, right? Right? And so, yeah, it was it was putting myself in a position to say no to some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's exactly what I did. I mean, it, it felt stupid, uh, being, you know, writing speeches, you know, I, and it took years before financially I saw that exponential growth, Mm. right? It's creating content, telling stories, sharing ideas without that feedback. And so for me, it was just, yeah, it was locking in and, uh, and being persistent. And And I like to really emphasize that because there's a lot of growth hacking and stuff now. And trust me, I understand the value. Like, no one wants to hit their head against the wall forever. Right. But the expectation can't be that you're just going to wake up and crush it, right? There's some dedication. There's It's a, it's a long road of deep work and expertise that mm-hmm. puts you in a position to then grow exponentially. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to hammer that home for people.
0: Yeah, it's not an overnight thing like people think it is because of social media. Exactly. Um, exactly. But I'm glad you said that because I was similar, uh, just grew up in the system, didn't even question it till I was probably 18. Mm. And that's, I feel like it's so late, just 18 years, just going to school, not even questioning the things we're learning, yep. the people we're learning from, and you look back at it, you're like, wow, we were controlled. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, give
1: yourself permission to
0: step outside yeah. that. A lot when of I go to the don't. bathroom,
1: like, it's crazy, yeah. man. Yeah. I was, you know, joking around, like, this is um, not long, maybe like six months after leaving the corporate job. Just I lived in Boston at the time, and just taking a run at, at 2 p.m., mm-hmm. My mind was so, you know, Ed, you you work, and you take lunch from one to two, and then you go back to your desk. Like, I felt guilty for running when I knew people were working. I mean, that's Mm. how locked into this sort of procedural existence I was. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it just speaks to that transition that's got to happen. There's a lot of give in life. There's a lot
0: of space. Uh, You just have to see it. Absolutely. So a lot of people struggle with motivation. You're good at, you know, staying motivated. What are some things you do to keep yourself motivated? Um, well, it's it's constantly assessing where I'm at in, mm. in, in
1: relation to my North Star. I think when we're unmotivated, we lose our purpose. We lose our sense of direction. We're doing things just to do things. And so, you know, it, the, the let me put it this way. There's an inclination to overthink things and when we should be reeling things in and simplifying. Mm. I'm not motivated. I don't feel good. I'm not excited about this. Why? Well, what do you want to do? What excites you? That's your North Star. What'd you do today? A, B, and C. Out of what you did today, what pushed you towards your North Star and what didn't, mm. right? We build up a lot of minutiae and a lot of things. Uh, again, it comes back to like that being uh, reflective and looking around and, and, and assessing what you're doing. So right. for me, long story short, when I'm feeling unmotivated, it's an audit of what I'm doing throughout the day and reminding myself, hey, this is where you want to
0: be. Mm-hmm. This is what excites you. This is what lights you up. This is what you're doing taking you there or are you moving just to move? You know, I really love that because people don't ever audit their days they don't really evaluate what they did they don't write it down they don't give it a positive or ne- negative rating mm. but that's so simple like everyone can do that and i feel like it could help in the long run right
1: yeah I, I mean it's uh it's funny how many things and it's not a one and done thing like for me it's a you know a repeated conversation i like to take walks and and, and really think about that stuff mm-hmm. and uh, like how many things sneak in to your life that you do and they become part of your day to day and but they don't bring you anything they mm-hmm. don't light you up. They don't make you better. They're not pushing you towards where you want to go, but we do them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, that recognition's huge.
0: Nice. What age were you when you really found happiness, like just pure happiness? Like, did it take a while? Yeah, I, I think
1: happiness, and it's funny, I, I, I actually wrote a speech about this. I get this message maybe more than any other, mm-hmm. and it's, Eddie, how can I be happy all the mm-hmm. time? right? And, and to me, that is just a tremendous like misconception. We're humans. We have a range of emotions. We're up, down, everywhere in between. Life is not all rainbows, butterflies, and bliss. Right. Uh, and I think the first thing is understanding that. And then the second thing is, you know, when things do go wrong, when the wheels fall off the metaphorical wagon, to be able to look around and say, okay, this is part of life. This is an ideal, but where's the value? Like, what can I take from it? And uh, it's not the most intuitive thing. Like, mm. when we're going through our own hell, it's not intuitive to be like, hey, there's something great in here, right? Right. And I I get that. I'm, I'm, you know, practical in that sense. But the reality is the worst things we go through give us, you know, they become our greatest gifts. Mm. And I think, you know, that conversation, hey, this hurt is going to become something, it's going to mean something, you can get through it. You've gotten through every storm before, so give yourself grace and understand that there's value here. Mm -hmm. Those little conversations are huge.
0: I love that, and it's it's a mindset thing, like we were talking about earlier. Because some people terrible things happen to them, but they let it eat at them, right? But you're saying, learn from it, become better.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm saying the, a, a lot of times, uh, you know, the, there's sort of the the stoic idea that you know we can't control a lot of our emotions. Like we're gonna feel up, down, everything in between. Mm-hmm. That there's something human about that. But what we do have the power to do is pause and reflect and ask ourselves what we're gonna make of it. Mm. Um, you know my my TEDx talk, uh, running in the rain was about that. Uh, you know almost exactly it was how the worst moments in in my life were the the scariest mm. uh, ended up bringing me the vo- most value. Uh, the idea is you know it was a, a cold morning in Boston, Massachusetts. I ran before work every day. It's right. just kind of like my thing. And one morning it was like sleeting, like a January morning, frozen rain. I look out the window. I'm just like, eh, no, I don't want to do. Like it didn't make sense. Like yeah. I'll run at the gym. I'll go later. Whatever. And uh, you remember like talking myself into going, and uh, you know, it was uncomfortable and sucked for about 10 minutes. But then you acclimate, and I came back, and I just felt like this is something that very few people would do. Not because they couldn't, Mm -hmm. but because it sucks and it's uncomfortable. Mm. And uh, doing that made me feel like the type of person who does the difficult thing, right? And that bleeds into everyday life. And so, you know, when I left Boston to start you know, my, my media company, I mean, same, you know, at that metaphorical doorway. It's easier not to go, should you? Right? Same thing, uh, you know, speaking. Like, I spoke at the MGM grant, and the, it was like, palms were sweaty, like, just, you know, and <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It, you have every, it's almost like your mind is trying to find ways to get you out of it, mm. right? And so just by stepping into that Yes, you acquire the skills, but also you teach yourself that you do
0: hard things, and there's value to that. So that day you went on the run, you felt like David Goggins. I did. Yeah, (laughs) I did. Yeah,
1: it's it's hilarious. It was. uh, It just seems so trivial. It's
0: like, why would I do this? Yeah. You know, but
1: uh, you know, those things make you over time.
0: Something about running, man. I used to be a distance runner too, and uh, the runner's highs—you just get so much clarity. Yeah. Like I recommend running for a lot of people to such a good stress reliever right to form a meditation yeah it's beautiful you know there's nothing like running
1: um and and i think too we're so locked in technologically that you know it gives us moments of silence and peace Mm -hmm. that seems obvious but look at your screen time right how often are you giving yourself 90 minutes of straight peace and calm and thought you know we don't do that a lot not often what's your screen time per day how many hours oh man it ranges i mean the, the caveat being i do obviously
0: a lot of work from my friend. Right. So the, the consuming hours versus the working hours are That makes me feel better. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> 'Cause I'm at like six, I think. But I'd like to tell myself I'm probably working for about five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that okay. makes me feel better.
1: Yeah. I mean that's <laughs> you know, responding to responding to DMs, emails, creating content, yeah, editing that's all content. Work, right? It's all
0: yeah. in that box. Absolutely. So. so meditation, I know you've spoken about this. What role does that play in your life?
1: Uh, For me, like, and it's funny, you know, I I understand meditation has a very specific meaning to specific people. Um, It's had a lot of flexibility Mm. to me. You know, sometimes it is going outside on the porch and, uh, you know, uh, just breathing for 15 minutes. Sometimes it is a run and just being at peace with myself. Sometimes Mm. it is, uh, you know, journaling. The idea, the overarching theme is you need to cut away from the fast pace of your day-to-day and be alone with your thoughts right yeah i mean as long as as that's happening in some capacity uh that's that's
0: the aim yeah i agree have you tried the wim hof method yet um i started uh doing ice baths ice baths yeah yeah there's
1: a place uh that that opened up uh near me called the space and i just yeah they have like little uh tubs you just hop in how many degrees is it it ranges. It's funny. the The earlier you go, the colder the water is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think between thirty eight, and I've seen as Whoa. high as fifty five.
0: Thirty eight is low. Yeah, most people do like fifty. I think.
1: No, it's for the most part, it's in the low forties. Okay. Yeah. Damn.
0: Yeah. It's cold. And how many minutes are you in there?
1: Uh, five or six.
0: Yeah. It's all mental, man. It is. Yeah. It is.
1: It's uh. It's like the biggest thing that taught me is uh, you just get in. Yeah. You know, because it's it's so unbearingly uncomfortable that if you're touching it or, or trying to get in slowly, you'll talk yourself Oh, oh yeah. Oh, right. It's worse. So just it's like, jump in there. You just set the timer. The first like
0: 20 seconds are the worst, right? And then
1: probably yeah. yeah. And then the end, like uh, you know, when you start shivering, that that may be more mental discomfort than anything else. But like when you are aware that your
0: body's shivering, something right. about that creates panic. It's like a uh, fight or flight almost. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But that's actually the part that's good for you the shivering yeah that's that's what i've heard yeah so they say not to like wrap yourself in a towel or anything like they say just to wait it out yeah yeah, yeah. and that's usually what i do the
1: sauna for about 10 minutes before nice. and then pop right in yeah
0: going to the youtube side i mean you have built an incredible business there over 150 million views i mean how did you scale to that level consistency brother
1: yeah it was uh you know it's there are our seasons In in life, for sure, and in my business, I can certainly say the same. And, uh, you know, I'm in a position now where I'm pivoting. Mm -hmm. But for about eight, seven or eight years, you know, it was write and create and add value. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's really, you know, my thought was if I'm adding value to millions of people, if I'm the 1% at what I do, there's never going to be an issue monetizing anything right? So just get really good. And so I've, you know, in the past, like, the first couple of years, like, I'm barely even in my videos. I'm not spending time on micro content or mm. stories. You know, there's um, sort of a, a couple philosophies. It's like you want to spread yourself thin. There's a lot of social media platforms, a lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, but for years, it was no, YouTube, right? Hammer it. Let this be your thing. And uh, now that I have uh, the resources and the reach and the opportunities. Now it's like all systems go on on scaling and getting your message to more people. Right. So it's
0: it's certainly been a pivot and somewhat of a trend uh, progression. Which videos were like the most viewed ones on your channels?
1: Uh, it's the compilations, the really long three hour compilations that you'd think most people would say, I don't have three hours. Right. Right. But,
0: uh, yeah, people really enjoy just kind of setting it and
1: walking or driving or whatever it is they're
0: doing. Yeah. It's crazy how life comes full circle. Cause I'm almost positive. I used to listen to those in college. Yeah. And now you're on a podcast with me. It's so funny how that yeah, happens. It's right? crazy. So when you look at motivational speakers and you look at the greatest ones, mm. who's on your Mount Rushmore top four motivational speakers all the time? Oh
1: man, there's so many and the styles are so different. Hmm. Um, I'm going to put Jordan Peterson there, even though you know he certainly wouldn't call himself a motivational speaker. Right. But I think uh, his stuff is very engaging. Uh, I think you have to put Tony Robbins there, sort of, of the, the OG. Um, man, who are the other ones?
0: What about uh, is Les Brown? I love Les Brown. Les Brown, yeah. Maybe Les Brown and
1: Eric Thomas, just Eric because Thomas. I feel like they are. Yeah, they're the sort of foundational. Nice. You know,
0: it's a good list, man. Yeah. Can't argue that. I like the Peterson one. I'm yeah. listening to his audiobook, literally right now, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Th- that
1: guy, man, he's uh, he's something else. He's a brilliant mind.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Who are some people like that you watched a lot and you know took some lessons from them?
1: It's from a lot of different places. So, like the the delivery and the way I like to create is is through storytelling. But it's there's a lot of uh, you know I pull uh, sort of my music background mm-hmm. and um, almost a poetry perspective where I'm speaking to music Mm. and so um, a lot of my inspiration comes from things I read it comes from musicians that I loved it comes from art or actors or story you know it's just life experiences obviously Mm. Uh, a a little bit of everything Um, like uh, there's an example when I was a kid I listened to uh, something corporate and so the singer in that band uh, has just it seems like every time he finds stability and success in his band, he's, he sort of broke down and moved on to another project. And I'm mm. like, That's so intriguing. But then, you know, as time goes by, it's like imagine the courage to build something and say, you know, I've, I've uh, changed. This is no longer the right size, so I'm going to adjust and, and move into something that feels good for me. Mm. And can the courage to continually break down and rebuild. So like that would be a piece I would take from him. Right. Um, You know, or you can point to anybody really and find the 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 value in what they do and their unique take on the world, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, share a story on that.
0: So you were big on school growing up. Are you still big on learning these days? That's something I feel like a lot of people stop doing after college.
1: Yes, well, I think the landscape there has changed dramatically. You know, it's funny. Like college, definitely for me. It was one of the most important things I've ever done, and that's for two reasons. It's because of uh, being on the rowing team there, D one athletics. So oh, I, nice. Yeah, I thought I worked hard. I had no idea till I did. that. <laughs> um, and then uh, writing, like learning how to write. Uh, you know, as a political science major, so you really learned how to be analytical and mm. put your thoughts in a way that I never, uh, you know, never would have done prior to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was valuable for me, but. As time goes on and the resources are out there, like with YouTube and Audible and all these podcasts, you know, we're in such an incredible place, mm-hmm. Information Age, where you can have a curiosity and the means are there to just 10 exit, 20 exit, you yeah. know, delve fully into that curiosity. So to me, I think what education means has changed. It's not necessarily a degree. You know, now it's what are you willing to commit into reading and learning and watching the videos and listening to mm-hmm. the podcast.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. If I was running a university right now, I'd be very worried. Yeah.
1: You wonder, right? You wonder They got to be
0: hurting, right? Yeah. I see application rates are going down at Ivy Leagues. I see like colleges slowly starting to fizzle out almost. It
1: it makes sense intuitively. It's yeah. It's just so expensive. Especially with the prices
0: going up. Yeah. Did you pay like 40K a year or something crazy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. An exorbitant amount. Yeah. yeah. So what was that like having debt at a young age? Because people are struggling with that right now and- it's, they're living with their parents. It's super stressful.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was, I had a, a job right out of school for about four years before mm-hmm. I left. So, you know, when there was that piece, it was, uh, you know, something that was manageable. Okay. I, and it, Yeah, it wasn't until leaving that, um, that space and not having that income and really betting on yourself that that's when it's like, you know, you, you realize how, how, beautiful baseline can be right right when you don't like when you're worrying about stuff you've never had to worry about before so um yeah that was a good good perspective shift for sure
0: so was that transition from that 9 to 5 corporate lifestyle you did for 4 years to entrepreneur like pretty difficult on you mentally oh it was tough yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i always it was uh some of the most
1: rewarding experiences put me at the table with some of the most incredible people uh, in my life but also some of the most difficult uh, lonely uh, there were times you know uh, where I was self-defeating you know it's just it's, it's, it's altering the way the mind sees work where mm. it you, you exhaust energy and you get value back right It's like an exchange. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Now I can go out on my own. I could spend three weeks on a project, think it's going to change the world, put it out, and no one cares. Mm. That's a hard thing to wrap your mind around, right? You know, but that's that's what you have to learn to endure. And every entrepreneur knows that mm-hmm. it's you're playing the long game. It's not personal. Sometimes you swing and you you hit a home run. Sometimes you strike out.
0: Yeah, but yeah, dude, I'm glad you mentioned the lonely because that's not really talked about. But that first year I started, man, I didn't talk to anyone. I forgot how to talk. Yeah. Like I literally locked myself. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. I locked myself in my dorm room, was on my laptop for a year straight, eighteen hours a day, seven days a week. Mm. When I went out back into the social world, it was so bad. I had social anxiety. It eventually got to agoraphobia. Couldn't even leave my house. Wow. So I'm glad you mentioned that it's a lonely spot because it really is. So I encourage, you know, people in entrepreneurship to get that network of people around them.
1: Yeah. And that's incredible that you overcame that. I mean, that's exactly right. You in a way you have to. You know, it's uh, it's about sacrifice, and there are things you know the the extent to which people do varies, mm-hmm. but you know you can't have uh, that sort of abundant social life. And so, I, I think it is having the right people in your life and and having that uh, you know line of communication. Yeah. Uh, also, it becomes unrelatable in ways like you know, and there's nothing wrong with either. But someone that comes home after a nine to five is not going to understand the mental duress (laughs) of not having that framework, you know? So having buddies in a group chat or, uh, you know, just just a conversation where you can sort of be there
0: for each other and work each other
1: through that can be huge.
0: Yeah. Did the fear of failure eat at you early on? Because for me, I mean, I didn't even want to tell people I grew up with that I was doing this because I was so scared of it.
1: Oh, all the time. I I think fear of failure, you know, was, was a bigger driver than success itself it's like I do not want to fail mm-hmm. right and in and, and any endeavor like that teaches you a lot because you know a lot of your circle or so-called buddies or people in your life that you'd think would be there and be supportive they're not necessarily
0: there usually not yeah,
1: yeah it, not <laughs> not until you gain some momentum and it's cool right you know uh, and so that's an eye-opening thing and, Very. and you have to be you have to be ready for that Yeah, I I don't
0: understand the science behind it. It must be something innately in us where we get jealous of our friends and it's like you have to shift your mindset almost, right?
1: How freeing is that? Like when you realize it's not a zero-sum game. Like when you root on uh, even the people, you know, your competitors, Mm -hmm. the people in your niche, uh, you know, how can I help you? You're doing amazing. Like it always comes back. And there is that built-in uh, zero sum sort of intuition that their win means my loss. And yeah. that's just, it couldn't be further from the truth.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it took me a while to shift, I think, because I grew up in a, an environment like middle class, upper class, where it's kind of egos at play. Mm. And, you know, people got jealous all the time. But yeah, once I made that shift, it really changed my life. And, you know, the universe rewards you when you connect people together, do good things for people without expecting anything.
1: Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. Yeah.
0: I mean, you guys are in the group chat I just made of all the previous podcast guests. Most people would charge money for something like that. But yeah. I just did it because I love connecting people and bring value to people. You know what I mean? So yeah. I encourage more people to think that way.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Like learning from people and in, in, you know their unique skill sets. But also, you know to our previous point, just being there, just hanging out, just having someone to chat with about something very specific. It's a really cool thing.
0: Yeah. So what are you passionate about these days? I know you said you're kind of shifting from YouTube, right?
1: Uh, it's not that I'm shifting it. I'm shifting my approach. Mm -hmm. So, you know, really, uh, you know, I have a team in place and scaling and taking some of that information, putting it on a podcast. Um, you know, there's, uh, four new YouTube channels that have come out in the last two weeks. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of an all systems go thing Mm -hmm. where, uh, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm sort of at that point. Um, so yeah ex- scaling the the media company has been really huge and really rewarding I've um, enjoyed that started a, a new apparel company called levels mm-hmm. uh, which has just been a, a, a really fun uh, project so far as well um, yeah. first drop the live inspired drop and uh, you know the message it ties into a lot of what uh, I've talked about before where it's like it's very easy to simply exist to do what you're supposed to do and that's not the goal the goal is not to, to Live. It's to live an inspired life, um, and so yeah, uh, there's going to be more social media content tied to that. Monthly challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, we did something called the Broken Marathon, and uh, basically, it's it's every hour for 24 hours, you run a mile, mm-hmm. and uh, just putting yourself through these sort of mental stressors that spit you out the other side a different person. So, wow. yeah, it's Every been a blast.
0: hour, run a mile. So you're running 24 miles in a day. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, like,
1: the mile itself is not that brutal, right? right. Because you're getting 53, 54 minutes in between. But it's between midnight and 5 a.m., being stiff mm. and stagnant and cold your, your adversary is not what you think it would be yeah. it was a very
0: weird uh, weird experience wow if you ever do it in Vegas I'm there I want to try something like that out. Oh. yeah we'll just do that friend. that'll be fun alright thanks so much for coming on Eddie
1: anything you want to close off with um, hey thank you for having me and uh, yeah feel free to uh, check out the pod Your World Within and uh, I'm on YouTube as well and uh, yeah, the new the new launch of levels lvls.shop.
0: Let's go. Yo, I'll put it in the description. Thanks for watching guys and I'll see you next time.